How many of you just tried to answer your phone, or even looked at your phone, or had that instinctive reaction when you heard that sound? It's hard to imagine a world without the sound of a mobile phone ringing. It's become part of the soundtrack to our lives. But there was a time when this wasn't the case, and we don't have to go back far to hear it. A long, long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile It was 1972 and America was going through a transformative time. Marginalized communities were fighting for their rights, people were protesting the war in Vietnam, Nixon was president and Don McLean's American Pie became the anthem to an entire generation. Did you write It was also a time of great technological achievements and a new invention was on the horizon that would go on to change the world. Wait for a dial tone, which I hope you'll be able to hear too. There it is. And the only thing I can say is, what will I think of next? What you just heard was the dial tone of the first ever mobile phone in the world. And the man who invented it is Martin Cooper. Yeah, my name is Martin Cooper. I live in Del Mar, California. By the way, what do, you, what do, you, do your colleagues in Ireland call the cell phone? They call it a mobile phone. Yeah, mobile. Today, Marty Cooper is known as the father of the cell phone. And back in 1972, he was working as an engineer in Chicago for a company called Motorola. And when I was working for Motorola, Motorola at that time was a company that built two-way radios. I don't know what you call them in uh, Ireland. Would it be like walkie-talkies? Walk, yeah, whatever the policemen use. Yeah, walkie-talkies. We uh, uh, were uh, the dominant player. We made most of them actually in the world. Motorola produced radios for police and fire departments all over the world. But apart from that, they weren't a very big player in the telecommunications industry in the US. The market was dominated by one giant called AT&T. AT&T, biggest company in the world. AT&T was not only the biggest company in the phone industry, it was also the largest company in the world with a turnover of $22 billion. They ran the phone network in the US, which was the traditional wired landline system. But they had introduced a new invention after World War II, which was called the car phone. New York, calling all cars for a preview of tomorrow. The tiny radio transmitter sends your voice out over the airwaves to the nearest central station, where regular telephone operators can connect you with any telephone on land or sea. AT&T, the biggest company in the world, their idea at the time was in-car phones. That's exactly right. That To them, that was communications because you know they had been building uh, wired telephones and having somebody sitting in a car was a big improvement. Next to the driver was a phone connected to the dashboard with a cord and in the car boot was a large battery and antenna which would link to the cell tower. And to us it was uh, ridiculous because we'd been uh, we'd been leashed to the wall and to our desk by that wire for over a hundred years and now they want to leash us to our car didn't make any sense to us. And that's when Marty had an idea. 
for a handheld mobile phone. We are going to have cellular communications. And what that means is everybody's going to be able to talk to everybody else. And Marty, how did it occur to you that the future was in mobile telephone technology, that people no longer wanted to be tied to their phone with a cord, that they wanted to be free? That's a superb question, Colin. All we had to do is watch our customers. Because our, our customers were policemen. The superintendent of police in Chicago came to us and said, why are my police officers stuck in their cars when the people are on the streets? So we observed that. We observed that they were set free. They had the freedom to be everywhere. So we knew that people were mobile, that that's the way it had to be. Marty went with his idea to his boss at Motorola, who was reluctant to go head-to-head with such a big player like AT&T. But Marty convinced him, and the race for the future of the telephone was on. Motorola had promised the world they would demonstrate a working cell phone in just 90 days, and Marty and his small team of engineers worked around the clock. What they achieved, uh, calm was miraculous. They took the performance of a a piece of electronic equipment that weighed uh, somewhere around 30 pounds. We had to take that equipment and shrink it down to uh, something that you could hold in your hand. And they had 90 days to do that because we had arranged to have a demonstration uh, in New York in April of 1973. We had to meet that schedule. Marty's rival at AT AT&T was a man called Joe Ingle, who had heard of Marty's little idea, but didn't pay that much attention. This was David and Goliath, and they never thought someone like Marty Cooper or Motorola could achieve what they were promising. And Marty, did you ever doubt yourself in the development of the first mobile phone? Did you ever think, oh, maybe this is sci-fi? Maybe this isn't something that people will want their own mobile phone someday? Calmly, you know, you and I have known each other for years, right? <laughs> you know what an optimist I am. So uh, the only time that I had doubts is when I was standing on the street in New York on 6th Avenue and I had to demonstrate this to a reporter just like you. Uh, and and uh, people say, you know, that was a, a, a historical moment. And I have to tell you, the only thing that I thought about was, is this thing going to work? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the big day finally arrived. Marty flew from Chicago to New York to demonstrate the cell phone to a crowd of excited reporters. They held a press conference in the Hilton Hotel on Fifth Avenue, where they unveiled what we would now call today a brick. A large handheld cell phone with an aerial sticking out of the top, weighing about a kilogram. And then, the moment of truth. Marty took the cell phone and walked outside and down 5th Avenue, followed by the reporters. And he made the first ever mobile phone call in history. And the person he decided to call was his rival at AT AT&T, Joe Ingle. New York, New York. I decided I was going to rub it in and I uh, pulled out my (laughs) 
little address book uh, and uh, called Joel Engel's number. And a second miracle is he answered the phone himself, not a secretary. And I said, hi, Joel, it's Marty Cooper. He says, hi, Marty. I said, I'm calling you from a cell phone. He says, really? I said, yes, but a real cell phone, a personal, handheld, portable cell phone. And find I'm king of the hill. Silence on the other end. But he doesn't remember that call, and, and to tell you the truth, calm, I don't blame him. <laughs> how, how would you like to be famous as the guy who answered Marty's call? <laughs> Joel went silent, and not because the line had dropped, but because he knew the race was up, and Marty Cooper and Motorola had just changed the world forever. To get through all the regulations and to build the cell tower network took another 10 years before cell phones were put on sale to the public. But once they hit the shelves, as they say, the rest was history. I think it's increased my productivity a lot. Uh, I feel more organized with it. If I didn't have uh, my phone, it would be a disaster. Did you realize, Marty, when you were working on that piece of technology back in the early 70s, that you were changing the course of history? No, not at, not at all. We knew we were right. He knew it was the right thing to do. Uh, we knew that, that someday everybody would have one, because we told a joke that, was that someday, when you were born, you would be assigned a phone number. And if you didn't answer the phone, you had died. So we knew that this was going to be a big deal, but we weren't certain that it was going to happen in our lifetime. And uh, we certainly call, we couldn't have imagined uh, this iPhone that I've got uh, sitting in front of me. So uh, the idea that you'd have all of this technology squeezed into a, something you could hold your hand was uh, uh, not even imaginable. Hey, how you when Marty thinks back on the enormous impact his invention has had on the world, he doesn't think of the technological advancement, but rather the good it has done for society. The biggest impact the mobile phone has had in the world today is not in the uh, developed countries, it's in places like Africa and India, because people have moved out of poverty, mostly because of the presence of the cell phone. Hard to imagine, but the, uh, the idea that in India you could have a system where people find jobs for an hour at a time because they get messages on the cell phone that tell them I need somebody for an hour. Uh, in, in Africa, they've got a complete economic system based upon the cell phone. So is that what you're most proud of, Marty, when you think of all the achievements that the phone has accomplished to date? Is that what you're most proud of? Well, I, I have to tell you, I, if you talk about people moving out of poverty, wouldn't you suggest that that's more important than uh, people on Twitter, Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> taking selfies. Yeah, taking selfies. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and Marty believes mobile phones haven't yet reached their full potential. He believes the next big advancement will be between phones and healthcare. You're going to find that the cell phone that you carried around with you is going to be measuring all the vital signs in your body on a continuing basis. And they're not going to wait until you get sick. 
They're going to know you're getting sick before you get sick, nip it in the bud, and we have the opportunity to eliminate disease. What do you think of that? I think you're right. So the idea of an annual checkup will be a thing of the past. There'll be a constant stream of data going from your phone to your GP's office to a server there. You're so smart. You (laughs) figured the whole thing out. Marty, did the invention of the mobile phone give you riches beyond your wildest dreams? Well, I have riches beyond my wildest dreams just talking to people like you. (laughs) When I joined Motorola, uh, I signed a little document uh, and they gave me a dollar. And uh, for that dollar, I uh, provided them with all my intellectual property as long as I was employed by the company. And I have to tell you, that was the biggest bargain that I ever got into my life. Because Roland tolerated me for 29 years and uh, let me have the freedom to make uh, many inventions and to make some contributions. So I am grateful to to that Motorola uh, and will be the rest of my life. What age are you now, Marty? Uh, well, can't you tell by just looking at me? I'm, <laughs> I'm 91. I, I know people listening on the radio now can't see you because you're on the radio, but I'm looking at you here on a camera. Normally, I'd be coming to you to do the interview, but because of the coronavirus, we are using the very technology that you helped develop, and I am looking at you through a screen. You're looking at me, and you look great for 91 years of age. Flattery will get you everywhere. What what is it that you want? (laughs) Life is good today. I know you have grandkids and everything, Marty. I have a great grandchild. Oh, wow. I am blessed in many ways. Marty Cooper, it was such a pleasure talking to you there in California. And thank you so much for giving me your time. Oh, it's my great pleasure, Calm, any time. And and, uh, my best wishes to all of you. Uh, in, in Ireland, and I hope that all of us are free of this COVID virus very, very soon. <laughs>